0: Uh, we're going to have a quick conversation right now, though, about the. You might remember this. It wasn't that long ago. I don't even know if it was a month ago that the province struck a nonpartisan committee to try and address opioid overdoses. And uh, that committee is falling apart before it even really got started. Um, it included 12 MLAs from across party lines, but four of the opposition MLAs have decided no, they're out. They're stepping down from their positions. They call it a political stunt. They have no intention of lending credibility to the committee's work, they say. Now, two of the advocacy groups that are on the committee have done the same thing and said the same thing. Each and every, and Mom Stop the Harm, have decided they won't be involved with this committee either. Joining us now to tell us more about the reasoning behind this, we have Petra Schultz, who is one of the founding directors of Mom Stop the Harm, one of the groups that was on the committee, but isn't anymore. Uh, Petra, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time.
1: I'm um, always
0: good to speak to you. Yeah, I, I look forward to it too. Um, so explain to me why why did you decide that this was a necessary step for you and your group to sort of back away from the committee and say you're not going to be involved?
1: Mm-hmm. I had some reservations for, about the committee right from the start uh, because of some statements Minister Ellis made even before the committee was even struck his comments about safe supply. Um, he likened it to the overprescribing that we had um, uh, in the past. Um, we don't have that problem anymore. Actually, recent reports say that opioid prescribing is down to um, yeah some of its lowest levels. Uh, um, some argue maybe maybe too low, but they liken safe supply to overprescribing, which is a totally wrong comparison because um, overprescribing was to often to people who shouldn't have had opioid in the first place and who were opioid naive, where a safe supply is for people who are currently using and are using problematically, are using street drugs and are at risk of dying. That's that's two totally different things. So that made me skeptical. Also, I participated in the, the supervised consumption site review back in 2019 and I must say, it was a deeply traumatic process and the report that came out was uh, was proven flawed by uh, scientists that reviewed it. And none of the evidence that we presented, none of the words of the uh, hundreds of people who spoke in support ever made it into this report. So I was skeptical, but I thought, well, this is different. It's a bipartisan committee of the legislature. There are MLAs from both sides, um, at least. Uh, so... Uh, I was prepared to engage in it, but then last week there was a statement from the UCP caucus announcing their speakers, uh, as they called it, saying that uh, they were focusing on experts and not radicals and activists. Um, since my name and the name of Ewan Thompson from each and every wasn't on that list, I could only assume that we fall in the radicals and activists uh, category now Yes, I'm an advocate and, and sometimes activist, but most of all, I'm a bereaved mom who was thrown into this by the loss of my youngest child, Danny, and, and my expertise comes from what families have learned, and, and, and I was ready to share why we need safe supply but then I looked at that list of panel, and it included people like an author from California named Schellenberger, um, who wrote a book called San Francisco: How Radicals Have Ruined Cities. And the the panel didn't include a single person with any expertise in safe supply, anybody who does research, anybody who practices, anybody who receives it. Uh, or not the panel, rather the the experts that right. were called. And um, that kind of was, um, at that point, I thought, no, I can't legitimize that process.
0: Um, okay, two things. First of all, you're right. It was Calgary Cross MLA, Mickey Amory who said the committee would, quote, follow the evidence and use the information provided by North America's leading experts, not the radicals or the activists, which, um, yeah, I mean, before you even get started, is a remarkably tone-deaf thing to say. I agree with you 100%. But in response to the other one, in terms of who the the speakers or the presenters were going to be to this committee, the government has said, you know what, we have the door was open. The NDP uh, suggested six speakers, and we said, okay, let's invite them too. So, um, h- was there a, pr- a problem with either your groups or with the NDP or somebody not presenting the kinds of speakers that you wanted to hear from? I mean, did the government reject any speakers?
1: Well, um, uh, the government didn't reject speakers, but the process they used was highly unusual because a committee like this that is supposed to look at the evidence on a topic, in this case, safe supply. Um, it's not a, it's not a hockey match where you have two opposing teams yeah. putting their best players up. It's supposed to look at process. And usually you get staffers from the ministry who look at, okay, who are our experts in Alberta? And if you don't have any, who are the experts in Canada? And if you don't have anybody, who do we need to look at internationally? And that process wasn't followed at all. It was just the UCP putting their um, um, uh, so-called experts forward. And and the, the NDP had put our names forward. Um, but under the assumption that a normal committee process would be followed, also that normally the committee reviews the slate of speakers who speaks who, who provides written submission? I mean, you don't want to listen to twenty people. That's yeah. a, th- that, that's that's a long time. So the entire uh, process of how such a committee should circumvent uh, should work was circumvented, and you can't look at you need to look at both sides of an issue to to get at the evidence and. Uh, Everyone, um, the UCP has put forward so far, is against safe supply. There were no recommendations from the ministry staff. So uh, that that process uh, derailed before it even properly began. Um,
0: and last one, and then I'll let you go. Um, in terms of, and you, and I'm, I'm sure you've thought about this, but just walk us through um, the own internal debate that you had in terms of, I'm sure there's some value in being at the table and at least being witness to how these committees go and being able to say this is why these committees um, don't work or, or prejudged or, you know, I sat at the table, I witnessed it all. And also an opportunity to maybe affect change. I mean, is there some benefit to saying, OK, this is probably an imperfect situation, but I'm still going to see some benefit by being part of it?
1: That is what I thought when I participated in the SAS review. I made a one-hour presentation. I did a survey of our members. I uh, I presented uh, the perspective of families, our experience. I made a one-hour presentation. My son and husband spoke at the evening event. There were so many people that spoke, and uh, the report in the end omitted all of that information. So I wasn't confident to start with, and, but I was prepared and we I, I, have yeah, remained to be prepared. I'm happy to speak to any MLA. I'm happy to speak to the minister, the premier. I'm happy to speak to anybody about safe supply um, in, in a fair and open dialogue. Uh, that, did, that door remains open. Um, And um, I invite um, anyone who is interested to contact us and engage in the dialogue. And actually, we are looking at some possibilities of maybe having um, a a discussion panel on the topic uh, that we organize, because I think it's important for Albertans to learn why we call for safe supply. I just looked at the data from Dr. Hinshaw to the committee. Um, Over those death rates between 21 and 2020, like from 2020 to 21 for January, to. October, went up 34%. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. 34%. And Edmonton and Lethbridge, where consumption sites were closed, are the highest-hit cities. So we have to act at this, and we have to pull out all the stops. And if we what we've done in the past isn't working, we need to look at new ideas.
0: Yeah, and I think we need to do something. And as we've said many times before, Petra, we've got to do it now. I mean, we can't keep, you know, it's just we're not making any headway. Uh, I appreciate your time. It's always a delight to chat. And uh, we'll talk again, Petra. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank
1: you so much, Shane. Thanks to your listeners.
0: Okay, talk to you later. That is um, Petra Schultz, who is uh, one of the founders of Moms Stop the Harm. And as you heard, she got into this mess Not by choice. Not even remotely close. Uh, She lost her own son to an opioid overdose and ever since has decided to try and work to prevent it and to save other lives. Uh, She's in it for all the right reasons.